The following CannabisRadio.com program contains explicit language and content that can be considered graphic and offensive. This program is not suitable for all audiences, and the opinions expressed do not reflect those of CannabisRadio.com, its staff, management, or sponsors. Listener discretion is advised. And now, this week's sermon is from our beloved... The Savior of the Weed. CannabisRadio.com presents The Stoner Jesus Show. I'm trying to debate on something. Motherfucker, I can't do many things well, but words are my shit. I give it to go, King. I've created very few things outright in my life. That's one of them. That's my shit. I'm not going to have it run into the ground by a bunch of whiny fucking dickweed. I got coronavirus from snorting liquefied fucking bad brains. Have you seen the light? Yes! Yes! Jesus H. God Christ! I have seen the light! The Stoner Jesus Show. Ah, uh, fuck yeah. What's up, everybody? Stoner Jesus Show Live, Chapter 5, Verse 17. We're live as we do every Friday night, 10 p.m. Eastern Time. Live on Twitter, Twitch, and on Facebook. Welcome, one and all. We're doing it live on January 21st, 2022. Big show tonight. Bunch of interviews. We'll get into all of that. A new voice in St. Peter as well. It's not really important or memorable or something to look forward to. I'm just letting you know that something's going to happen. Give me a voicemail from St. Peter. Profiles in death, though. Uh, Betty White and Bob Saget. All of that is coming up. If you want to email the show, centerjesus420 at gmail.com, of course. If you want to join our hardcore group of fans on Facebook, search Disciples of Center Jesus on there. You see if you're watching the video version of the show, all the pertinent information, including the website. Scrolling on the bottom, centerjesus.net. For sponsor banners, please go support our sponsors. They support us. Go support them. Get their awesome products. Some promo codes coming up as well. Regards to that, all kinds of other shit. Live reads, save a lot of money, all kinds of great products. Synergies.net, podcast links, live links, social media networks, and a lot of all that shit. Synergies.net. Go check it out. Tonight, interviews Babe West, Cam Model, talking about psychedelics, fetish model. Adult entertainer, all this stuff. Chrissy Mary, we've never shown you times before. Comedian, podcaster, blowing up sun and popularity. And also Clint Russell tonight, host of Liberty Lockdown Podcast. You can find, uh, you search it. But uh, we talk about all that stuff. All the things that they have, all the places you can find them, their shows, what they're doing, what they're up to. I talk about it all with them because I'm such a great Fucking interviewer, thank you. Pat myself on the back and then hit the microphone like an unprofessional douche. It's going well. It's going well. Almost a three-minute mark in the show. And then with the shit. Get that off of there. I'm done with that. We're moving on. We're moving on with our lives. As warned about, um, Voice Channel for St. Peter is coming up 
in a second. Don't forget SilkCityHotSauce.com. You want some fucking hot sauce. Tons of flavors is what they have. Use code SJ15 for 15% off and a free bottle of sauce. That's use code SJ15. Get 15% off and a free bottle of sauce. SilkCityHotSauce.com. Follow SilkCityHot on Twitter. Head edition. Damn it. Wheels are coming off. I expect it later in the show. Not this early. But here we are. Roll. We roll with what we got. Like I said, bunch of interviews still to come. So let's get this awful fucking part of the show out of the way. St. Pierre left a voicemail. He's uh he was drunk. He's lamenting the deaths of Bob Saget and Betty White. Has a pretty interesting story about them. I don't know how real it is, but um, we'll give it a shot. Hey, hey, Jesus. Um, hey, Jesus, me, Peter. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm leaving a voicemail for the show. I'm leaving a voicemail for the show, Jesus. I, uh, you know, I've been drinking a lot tonight, and man, all these like deaths and shit lately have been hitting me hard. All these celebrity deaths, Jesus, you know, we. Our time all those all those decades on the radio, Jesus, we met a lot of celebrities and, and whatnot. Yeah. This is a lot, man. It's been a lot lately. It's been hitting me or whatever. Things are going rough at my job. It's like scraping dead animals off the side of the road. But anyway, Jesus, that's not what I'm calling. I want to talk about some of the people that died lately. I know you used to do that. Uh, I forget the name of it. It's, I want to watch your dumb show, but I know you like you. T- it's profiles and death, you fucking asshole stories about people who just died or whatever Dick. that we ran into in the past. You do a little spiel about, you know, it's been 2,000 years since the start of the, since the end of the New Testament or what? Oh, yeah, I didn't do my spiel. It's been a long time. It's been a long 2,000 years since the end of the New Testament. St. Peter and I have ran into a lot of people and got up to a lot of shenanigans, and we tell those stories in a little segment I like to call Profiles and Death. Fucking asshole. Whatever it is that you do, Jesus, I forgot the name of this, this segment or whatever, but it doesn't matter. Because uh, recently, uh, Betty White and Bob Saget died, and I have a story that encompasses encompasses both of them, encapsulates both of It doesn't matter. They're both in the fucking story, Bob Saget and Betty White. So anyway... The year, uh, Jesus, I think it was like 1990 or 1991. I'm not really sure. This is when Bob Saget was doing America's Funniest Videos. Uh, and uh, anyway, so picture, picture this, Jesus. Peep this. I'm at Betty White's house, right? She's got a fucking nice, whoa, what a fucking house she had. She had that Golden Girls money. She had that fuck you money, Jesus. You know what I'm saying? So anyway, I'm like chilling in her pool. Uh, chilling in Betty White's pool. And I'm chilling naked in Betty White's pool because we just got done with a, a session of vigorous lovemaking. If you know what I'm saying, Jesus, I fucking, I fucking pounded that clam. That's what I'm saying, Jesus. I pounded Betty White's clam. I'm not being clear enough. Jesus, anyway, I'm hanging out naked in the pool. And, uh, you know, she comes out like in the back door and she's with Bob Saget. And Bob Saget was there, if I remember correctly. He wanted her to like do a segment on America's Friends Home videos or like introduce a video or something. I don't know. I don't remember Jesus. I was man, I was fucked up. If you all at home, you want to go for a piss or something right about now, now's a good time. 
about Quaaludes. That night I knew that. Oh, man. It's back when you used to be able to... You remember Quaaludes, Jesus? Holy shit. Whole oh, fucking kids these days, they have no idea. They have these fucking pussy drugs. They're pussy fucking COVID. Take some fucking Quaaludes, you pussy. Try that for a fucking minute. You know what I'm saying? True what was I saying? Oh, yeah, Betty White came out with Bob Saget. Try to be rude, you know, it's like Bob Saget, he's pretty cool. I saw him on that Full House show and America's Funniest Video show. So, like, I get out of the pool to, like, shake Bob Saget's hand. And while we're shaking hands, he's, like, he's like looking down. And finally, and I can't do it like a Bob Saget impression. She's going to, like, think of it in your, imagine in your mind. He said that my balls look like two bowling balls in a one of those mesh laundry bags. I guess uh, there's a commentary on how low they're hanging, first of all. But also, Jesus, there's like lights in Betty White's pool. And my, he said my ball sag was like, what was the word? Trans, wasn't transparent. It was translucent. He said my ball sag was translucent. So it looked like you could actually see the light from the pool through my ball sack. That's why he said it looked like a mesh. A mesh laundry bag. Well, this fucking, this cracked Betty up. She starts telling the story about how we were banging. My balls kept getting caught under her ass. And, like, they just kept getting crushed. Not that I had much feeling in my balls anymore, Jesus. I mean, I mean maybe there's some shit. You know what I'm saying, Jesus? They're pretty fucking numb at this point. As there's a lot of, you know, other many other parts of of my body. Anyway, Jesus. So she starts telling the story about how my balls were getting caught under her ass. And I swear to fucking God, Jesus. I swear to fucking Christ, I'd never seen someone laugh as hard as Bob Saget was laughing while Betty White was telling him that my balls were getting caught under her ass while we were fucking. I thought he was going to throw up in the pool, Jesus. That's how fucking hard he was laughing. It was like, it was like over the fucking Highwood Hills, just fucking echoing through the fucking canyon. It was crazy, Jesus. He laughed like that for like two solid fucking minutes. Well, I just stood there naked with my, you know, low-hanging balls. But anyway, they're both dead now, Jesus. And that was just a fond memory that I had. And I figured I'd call you with that fond memory and let you know about it and tell you about it. And so I did. Uh, I'm going to go drink some more, Jesus, and uh, maybe play with my balls. I don't know. I don't know where the night's going to take me. Get back to your stupid show whatever you got going on. Yeah, you fucktard. Fuck you, Jesus. Fucktard. I will right, we'll get back to my show. Thank you for permission, asshole. First of all, five minutes and 38 seconds of St. Peter is just fucking... It might as well be five hours and 38 minutes. It's so much. Didn't that, didn't that seem like just forever for that? For a simple fucking story? about I gotta smoke. You, should, you probably didn't smoke too after being exposed to that. A simple fucking story about Bob Saget and, uh, and Betty White. Which, by the way, I mean, I don't know whether or not he banged Betty White and met Bob Saget, and and, and she told the story about his balls being pinned on her. Which, granted, is funny. I mean, you know, it's objectively funny. St. Peter's balls being caught under Betty White's ass while they're fucking is objectively funny. Nevertheless, how true it is, I don't know. I don't get sued by the estate of Betty White. Say that gross motherfucker never touched her. I don't. I don't know. I know. I mean. I agree he's a gross motherfucker, but 
what happened? I am not, that's not in my purview. That's not in my pay grade. It's not in my wheelhouse, you know, etc. So anyway, there's a St. Peter voicemail. God, I thought the wheels came off the show before. Fuck, man. That is a, that's a, a wheel taker offer. I don't know. I'll keep trying. That's what I'm known for. I'll trying. Okay. Before we get to the uh, Babe West interview, this first interview in our interview extrava bonanza tonight on the Stern Jesus Show, Chapter 5, Verse 17. Doing it live, as I said, on Twitter, Twitch, and on Facebook. Now, what we're going to attempt to do is uh, some library commercials. We're going to start as we are sometimes known to do with Hemptations. Hemptations.com. As I go through all of the little things I need to do to do that. Technology is amazing. Hemptations.com. You find their locations there. Four locations in Southwest Ohio. If you're in the area, if not, there's a shop online button right there. You can get a lot of the products delivered to you. Hemp products, CBD, all kinds of stuff. And there's links for the High Noon Hemp Show. Every Wednesday, I do the show with Beach, the owner of Temptations. Every Wednesday at High Noon on YouTube, Facebook, and on Twitter. There's also the podcast version if you don't want to watch the video. Find all of that at Temptations.com. Click that Temptations banner. On sternjesus.net. If you're in the one of the locations in Southwest Ohio, the largest selection of hemp products in the world. Prove me wrong. Prove me wrong, bro. You can't. Because I know what's up. I'm I'm foolproof with my guarantees. Next up, I mentioned those promo codes. Yeah, that's right. Promo code, son. Pull the fucking website up. I got all night. Damn. Coastalmary.com. Looking for seeds. Maybe you're somewhere where growing is legal. Maybe the country, the state you're in, whatever. Get the seeds. Auto flowering, feminized CBD seeds from many different strains or many different strains from many different breeders. And as promised, the promo code StonerJesus20. Get 20% off at Coastalmary.com. Click that Coastalmary banner on StonerJesus.net. Just go Stern Jesus 20 to get 20% off CoastalMary.com. There's some of the breeders that they work with. Tons of breeders and different strains. If you're looking to grow, get your seeds from Coastal Mary. Some of the featured products right there. I mean, it's seeds. I don't know what to say. You want to grow some weed and it's legal and you think you'll be good at it. By all means, grow some weed. You want to do that with seeds, and we get 20% off, use code StonerJesus20 at Coastal Mary. Click the Coastal Mary banner on StonerJesus.net. It's very simple. Always very simple. This is not, this is not complicated stuff. Now, before the first interview, with Babe West, we have one more. Now, flower power packages, there's so much here, as I've said before, I can't talk about it all. There's, I can only do some of the categories. I can't even talk about some of the categories. Click that Flower Power Packages banner on stonerjesus.net. Um, from wraps, rolling papers, trays, rolling machines, glass bongs, water pipes, bubblers, glass pipes, hand pipes, dab rigs, 
nectar collectors, bangers and nails, torches, carb caps, lighters, air fresheners, accessories, storage, dispensary supplies. They have a ton with the cones and the bags and everything you would need if you're a dispensary or just packaging at home or whatever. It's so much. Free shipping on orders over $250. You sign up to their email, get 10% off your first order flower power packaging. Flower power packages. Check them out. Click their banner on stonerjesus.net. Custom packaging, as you see right there. I have my very own Stoner Jesus rolling tray. It's awesome. I would show it to you, but if I tilt it up at that angle, all the weed will fall off. And it's just a fucking mess. I'm not going to do that. Click the Flower Power Packages banner on stonerjesus.net. Bam. More of that coming up. Another promo code coming up as well for the next Bardo head shop. If you want to save money, it's another one of those sites was just just so much. Just, uh, I, I just, I can't. I can't go into it all. There's so much on the interview circuit, if you will. First up, Babe West, the Babe West on Twitter, adult entertainer, cam model, fetish model. Got all kinds of stuff going on. She has stuff going on while we were talking. She was at the content house uh, filming content. Amazing, amazing interview. We talked about psychedelics and, and weed and just just tons, tons of shit. You have to see it to know everything we talked about, which is why I'm going to play it for you. Welcome back to the show, everyone, on the video chat. We have Babe West. See their... Pertinent information right there along the bottom. The Babe West on Twitter. Babe, uh, welcome to the show and thanks for being on. Thanks for having me. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you doing? Oh, it's fantastic. I'm out in Vegas this week for my first um, content house that I'm um, shooting myself. So uh, it's oh, been cool. good so far. Awesome. So uh, speaking of content, that's where we want to start. Uh, you, uh, the adult content, the adult world. What made you want to get into that world in the first place? Well, um, I've been uh, on stage for most of my life, uh, whether it was, you know, up front on theater, um, in productions or um, in the church. <laughs> so I've always been a little bit of an attention um, person. Uh, and then as far as adult content in general, I've been in the fetish community as a model for over a decade. Um, and uh, a sex worker in various aspects, um, from dancing to uh, you know full service. Um, and uh, porn was just the logical way to go. I um, I had the the revelation moment when I was at work for this company um, at in the IT server room, um, and I was like, you know. What if I just didn't? What if I just set up my phone over here and instead of fixing the shit I gotta fix, I uh, you know make a mess in the server room? <laughs> it, was, it was an impulse, and I'm like, well, I could do that because I'm the only one here right now. So I just like cracked open the door, sat my phone there so people could kind of see, and then uh, I made a mess in the server room and uh, posted that up online somewhere, and it went really crazy. People loved it, and I was like, okay, yeah, I like that too, and so here we are. <laughs> Um, you mentioned being a fetish model. I've had a lot of fetish models, cam models on the show over the years, and I've learned so much about 
what's out there that I would never have learned uh, before. Um, I imagine you get a lot of requests and stuff. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, what's some of the, the crazier things that uh, people have requested from you? Um, if you would have asked me like 10 years ago, what was crazy, I would have been like, oh, well, people really like taking pic like pictures of my my knees, my my like uh, my toes, those kinds of things. Um, Not her knees. That's a new one. <laughs> oh, I love my knee people. I like and I and I really love my armpit people. Mm. Uh, I, I I really do. I used to um, when I was in the clubs, they they would come in and they would like pay you money to just like sniff your armpits or lick them. And I, I'm all about that. I'm like, yes, give me the weird requests. But um, as far as like what I would consider weird these days, um, I get a lot of extreme requests that I don't do. Um, but the craziest ones I think are like the balloon poppers and not just the ones where you sit on the balloon and it pops and you're like, <gasps> but like the big inflatables and uh, all the crazy things you can do with that stuff. Um, and I'm a sploosh girl. Like I travel around the uh, country doing uh, birthday cake dances where you can have your cake and eat it too, preferably off of my ass when I'm right in front of your face. Um, but so I love wet and messy. And to me, I wouldn't think that that's really weird, but I've been asked to put a lot of things in my body and do like, will you do this? And I'm like, mm, I, I don't do that. So. <laughs> Yeah, what kind of stuff is like, um, I mean, like, what's kind of like, I guess you get a lot of disgusting stuff. Like, what's some of the stuff that's like off limits? Um, well, I won't say anything's necessarily off limits because I don't yuck anybody's yums. But uh, things that I haven't journeyed into is um, like as simple as farting, right? Like, I get a lot of requests for like farts. And one of my great friends, um, that's what she makes most of her money off of is fart content. And, um, I, I just, I don't do that. <laughs> I mean, I do, everybody does. Right. But, um, I don't do that. Uh, so that's definitely one of those things I don't do. Um, and then like, uh, you know, I do have like some water works content, piss play, whatever, but it's very selective and very specific. Um, so I don't just do like piss play and, and all that. And then like people will want to like see like extreme fisting, like anal fisting. And I'm like, mm, I'll stick things up my butt, but it's, I won't say I will never do it, mm. but probably not. And so like anything in that, I, I don't like shit. I, I'm not a nurse cause I didn't want to clean up puke and shit. And, uh, and so, um, and that was actually one of the things that I thought I would never do. Like I would never have a blowjob scene where like I vomit on the dude and, uh, lo and behold, here we are all these years later. And, um, I have a couple of those and, uh, you know, they were, um, you know, specific things and it wasn't my cup of tea, but it definitely was, uh, it was worth it. So I'll never say never, but for right now, those are the things that are off limits. <laughs> Um, your adult content now, what you're up to now, uh, where can people find that and what can they expect from that? Oh, so, um, you can hit up thebabewest.com for all my links. Um, and then, uh, my Twitter, my only fans, uh, which is currently free, um, has a lot more content available, uh, with that what I am up to. Um, I'm actually on site for my first content house, like I said earlier, um, for my media company, Westward Ho. Uh, and I, um, 
I go to all these fantastic places, but a lot of the content I make is to me very generic and I would call them clips. They're not really like full on productions. And um, we're trying to make a lot, the porn I want to see in the world. Um, so we got Grill Girl, we have um, all across the gender spectrum. Um, I'm an attention whore. I'm just like a horny little bitch. And so I like all people. If you're cute, I like you and we can make good stuff together, um, then yeah, let's fuck. Um, one of my biggest series right now that I've been building is my random acts of blowjobs. And people are like, how do you do that randomly? And in, if you're in the industry, you know, you got to get consent. You got to get all the forms. So I have somebody who meets with everybody, handles all the documentation, make sure they're tested, all that stuff, you know, safety first. And then um, I did a blow bang recently where I had just met these guys in the elevator. And, and that, I mean, they were all screened, of course, but the time we met, like, that's as random as you're going to get in these scenarios. And uh, yeah. I, I blew three guys. I, I didn't even fucking know. It was their first time meeting me and uh, it was great. And that one's kind of blown up on Reddit. People love that stuff. Like I blow my Uber driver kind of thing. And um, so, like I said, I have a friend who sets all that up for me and it is the first time we are meeting in real life. So, um, and then I love outdoors public, anything that's uh, really fun, sexy, and a little risque. Um, that's what you can expect from me. Awesome. <laughs> uh, now, in our correspondence back and forth uh, about the show and being on the show, you mentioned psychedelics. And for somebody like me, who's a novice and really hasn't tried psychedelics, I don't even know if the stuff I try would fall, I tried would fall into that category. Um, but as far as a, a novice like myself or someone else, what would you tell them about like the therapeutic, therapeutic use of psychedelics? Um, well, psychedelics is such a wide range of um, drugs that can be used medicinally um, outside of a party environment. And what I would say is there's a lot of them that, especially with microdosing and what we know now, and uh, we have like profiles of like mushrooms. We know what the highs are going to be like um, with LSD, you know, um, and other things like DMT. I, I would just say that for me, it was it was a radical step in changing behaviors and, and coming to terms with things about myself that were not healthy. Um, I was using drugs because of trauma, but, um, you know, to kind of escape. But the more I learned and um, especially after like I came across Alan Watts, the McKenna brothers and all that, um, the more I realized that uh, you can really connect with your human, your person. And um, I, I'm a big safety first person, harm reduction. So definitely research your things because uh, some things are very thermogenic can heat you up from the inside. You don't want to damage your organs. But um, there's a lot of promising things on the horizon. In Oregon, we're using psychedelics and therapeutic cir uh, circumstances where people are microdosing um, and working through a life of trauma. And if you've lived long on this earth, you definitely have some. And, uh, you know, it gets a bad rap because of times like King Kesey, Tim Leary, all, all that stuff. Um, and then later, you know, a big war on drugs in general. Um, yeah. I, I would tell you that every mammal on earth gets high, whether they're just finding drunken fruit, little kids spinning around in circles. That's the first feeling of high running. Uh, I used to run marathons and halves. 
you're definitely high. You get to like mile 10, you're high. You got those endorphins um, and, and maybe a little bit crazy. Um, but the biggest feeling I've always had is uh, reconnecting with myself and really being able to see myself from oh, beside myself and not judgmental and um, accepting that I'm human, that things happen, that, you know, some things are my fault the situations I walk my back myself into, but the reason I react these ways, you know, it just takes a little bit of that weight off. Um, one of the ones I'm really excited and I wouldn't necessarily call it a, a psychedelic, but it's definitely in that psychoactive uh, house is ketamine. And we're doing a lot more uh, research and, and using it now in therapeutic purposes, again, in Oregon, since we decrimmed and um, in the medicinal environment, it's, really helping people who are like severely depressive. Um, and I've been, I've been using marijuana, growing marijuana, you know, back in California uh, for over almost shit. It's been a minute. It's been a decade y'all I'm getting there. Um, and I remember like, we'd have these talks with normal and we'd have all these advocates at, at the farmer's market in Santa Cruz or, you know, all over the Bay area, we'd have these festivals and now it's part of everyday culture, at least for some of us. Um, and even I didn't know that DC, Washington DC had decriminalized uh, uh, mushrooms. So I walked into a head shop and I bought, I bought mushrooms and like, I was, I was like, oh my God, y'all. So um, people are like, oh, well, that will never happen. I wouldn't say that. Um, I think, I think as part of this world, like we have been seeking ways to elevate ourselves and to cope with living. Um, and I think that like people don't think twice about alcohol unless alcohol is an issue in their family or they've been impacted by it. It's always in a negative aspect. There's, there's so many other ways that you can get high or feel different than, you know, just here, um, that benefit you. And, uh, like I said, I don't knock anybody's yums, but I'll definitely talk about trips. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm a big believer in set and setting. That's the other thing. If you're experimenting um, research, there's so many great resources out there. Um, and uh, the biggest thing is like, know what you're doing and and be smart about it. Like I have friends that we were psychedelic warriors in the day. Like I would never take seven grams to my head or, you know, like, like not anymore. And um, a good example is white penis or albino penis and these, these mushrooms, man, they're, they'll get you got these like artisanal chocolates in California and uh, ate one. It was supposed to be like a gram. I was like, Oh yeah, I got this. I want it off that ride. I want it off that ride so quick. I was like, oh, I felt like a first timer spoke it like, what? What's going on? What did I do? <laughs> so. Yeah, from everything I've heard of people who use psychedelics, it's definitely they have life changing experiences and uh, more so than I guess than other, you know, substances or whatnot. But it's always it's something I've, I've wanted to try. Like, I've, you know, I don't know where salvia falls in uh, to that category, but I did it once on the show and. I hated it and I've kind of avoided things like that ever since. Although they give me a headache besides like the initial yeah. weirdness that, that came with it. It was, uh, I've just been one of those stick to weed kind of guys, which is, uh, you know, you says you can I, see, 
you know, it's my whole gimmick. Yeah, no, I love marijuana and I think it's great. Um, and I remember <laughs> when medical marijuana was first coming out, how, uh, these higher strains and these like, uh, DJ shorts was coming out with like really great stuff out of Cali and they would hit you. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is like the craziest high I've ever had. And I used to live in Texas before Cali. So I, I was having like perfume weed, brick weed, like awful shit. <laughs> I get to California and I'm like, oh buddy. Um, so I, I do think that anything that's psych psychotropic and can really alter your state of mind and elevate you is great. Um, but also I have friends who can't smoke weed because they won't do anything all day and they know that about themselves. And yeah. you can say it's strain specific, but not everything works for everyone. Mm -hmm. Salvia is not my thing. I I've had a good experience, but it, it wasn't worth it for, for yeah. me. DMT though, that was, that was something else. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you know, people are like, well, aren't you worried about blah, 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 blah. Like, later on having um, flashbacks. And I, I've done enough acid, I, I probably should have had some and I and I haven't. Um, most of my trips have always been good too. Because uh, again, I'm a big believer in set and setting. I, I really came into that whole realm through Terrence McKenna and, and the McKenna brothers and what they were doing out there with mycology and, and researching, you know, the, the stoned ape theory and all that. And um, so, uh, but you say it's life changing. The one thing I, I definitely know is I've watched people who are on dope isolate. I had this friend in California that would take people on his boat, get them really fucking high on, on mushrooms, like for three days to get them off dope Yeah. and, uh, and, and meth and, and Oxycontin. And this was like a decade ago. And I thought it was crazy at first. I didn't really believe I was like, no, you just dosed them to the point where they're not the same person until one of my friends who I had lost her to addiction and, and all the issues that come with that. Um, and I didn't really believe it at first, but you know, here we are almost a decade later and she's, she's still sober. Like she's a little hippie mama now and she's definitely not who she was. Um, and a big part of that was definitely therapy too. Like, uh, she got plugged into resources and a, and a community that normalizes that life's hard and that you carry these things with you. Um, and I tell people I'm in, in recovery. I drink, uh, occasionally, but there has been a time in my life where drinking was not good for me. For me, recovery is an abstinence. It's understanding that you have these things that you struggle with and knowing where you are in relation to that. And then setting yourself up for success and uh in getting away from the socially accepted drinking and in portland it's everywhere you can drink from dawn to dusk you just can't buy any alcohol after like 1 a.m but you know dawn to dusk uh and you, you no one would blink an eye at it like oh that's just normal um but you start talking about like grinding up mushrooms and putting them in capsules and microdosing or you know having a little bit of tea and like going to work in the tech world and you're so productive you built all these databases your clients projects are on track and everything and um people start looking at you a little funny i mean maybe not in portland but you know in other places for sure um so i i just everybody's addicted to something they are, whether it's, you know, TV, 
uh, running, running is an addiction, <laughs> uh, you know, exercise, all that food. Um, I don't knock people who deal with things. I just think that we can do more if we aren't afraid of, of like researching and finding out what these things really can do for people. Um, but then you go into the whole thing of why would the medical community fix people, right? Like there's no money in that. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, speaking of weed, uh, back into an area I'm more familiar with, uh, did you get high uh, the first time you smoked weed? No, I remember looking in the mirror going, I was in, uh, what grade was I? I was like in fourth or fifth grade. I had older brothers and, and they had friends and, um, I was at one of their friends' houses, uh, and we smoked because uh, me and my girlfriend walked into the room and they're like, oh, hey, you're home from school. And they're all like in a corner. And I was like, what are you doing? And they're like, oh, hitting a bong or whatever. Um, and they're like, OK, but you just inhale it. And first I was trying to like do like cigarettes like and that was like, they're like, no, you got to do it this way. And I took a big rip and I was just waiting for something to happen. And I like that whole day, I was like looking at myself, like, <laughs> am I high? Is this like pulling down my, like, am I high? And um, no, I didn't get high the first time. Um, I did have a crazy, I got high moment when I came to California and uh, my boyfriend at the time, his dad brought some great blueberry, Mendocino blueberry from a Medi club in Napa Valley. Crystally, so beautiful, so delicious. Uh, we smoked one bowl of that between like five people and I was ripped. I was so, and I can't even tell you what the THC content was. Maybe, maybe 17%, if even that, uh, a decade ago. But that stuff lured me like, I am gone. I had never been so high in my life. I was like, oh my God, <laughs> I don't know what I did. Um. Would you say uh, in regards to weed, is that the highest you've ever been? Or was there an instance that you were even more so? Um, with weed, like, I think, oh, my God, there's just been so many strains. Um, when DJ Shorts was producing cheese, we got some of the earliest uh, uh, little uh, plant babies on that um, clones. And that harvest was definitely, like, I wasn't building up a tolerance or I, I, I definitely wasn't smoking more than usual, but I was smoking morning to sunset, all that. Um, when we started making uh, moon rocks, I think is what everybody calls them now. Uh, but we were, you know, producing and everything. And then we just like roll our stuff and we'd make our own moon rocks. Um, that shit really got me stoned. And then the same thing when we were making oil before all these better like cold press methods and, um, extraction things have just changed over the years, but producing honey oil back in the day, that stuff, like the, the further concentrations, um, I've had moments where I, I felt like I was definitely drunk or maybe somebody dropped something in my, my drink, or even like to the point I've had some strains get me to where I'm visualizing with the trails. And, uh, I just feel like, did somebody put opium in this? Like what's going on? I am too high and out of body ethereal. Um, but now there's just so much out there that 
if I don't cycle and take breaks, I don't really, it's just like, I'm smoking a cigarette. I'm just smoking for the habit of smoking. I'm not really mm -hmm. getting the benefit. Um, so I cycle my weed. I, uh, I don't really smoke unless I'm out on tour and I've made it more of like a social thing for me because, um, I, I, I have joints at home. If I want to smoke, I'll roll one up, but I, I don't really that much anymore, um, which is also kind of nice. I never thought I'd be at that point in my life, but I also cycle my caffeine. I go off it like every two weeks and um, it helps, man. Like I don't have to go buy ounces all the time anymore. Absolutely. Do you have any uh, go-to strains or is it just like a thing with like, there's just so much variety now that you're just always on something different? I love pine bits. Uh I, I, I really do. I, I love the little, like, the smell of it, the taste of it. Um, Bruce Banner is always a great one for me. Um, Gorilla Glue, number four, I think is the one. Uh, I'm, a lot of what I smoke is in the sativa range. Um, yeah. I, but if I really want, like, if somebody has, like, some sour diesel, New York, uh, diesel, um, I'll definitely pick that up just for nostalgia. Um, but like Blue Magoo, Blue Dream, anything in that like sativa, that stuff. Um, and if I'm not really familiar with the strains, because they're all over the place now, um, I just ask somebody for like, what's the piney, fresh smelling, fruity tastes? Um, I'm not a big fan of like the CBD smoking it, I would rather eat my CBD um, or my Indica's uh, to get the benefits for like aid, pain, um, relaxation and all that. Um, I'm I'm also really glad that like it's not like how we used to make butter. Like I don't get stomach aches when I eat edibles now and they're, they can fucking like make you pass out, <laughs> like really make you pass out. It's fantastic. Um, so hooray that we're finally here. Absolutely. Um, so before we let you go, babe, uh, <clears throat> or some of the other places online that people can find you. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, so check out my Twitter, the babe West, my Instagram, the babe West, and then, um, I'm babe West xxx.com. You can find out by my free site there and, uh, any other places I'll have at the babe West.com. Um, we have some new sites coming up later this year that are going to be a lot of fun and it won't just be me. It'll be everybody else that comes and does my crazy stuff with me. <laughs> awesome. Uh, babe, thanks for taking the time to come on the show. It was a great discussion. And uh, if you have anything else to talk about or remote or want to come back on the show anytime, just let us know. Oh, I appreciate it. We'll have to do bong hits for Jesus next time. Absolutely. When Always I'm home. So. <laughs> You have a good one, and thank you so much. I appreciate your time. Thank you. Have a good night. You too. The Stoner Jesus Show on CannabisRadio.com. Get informed, get inspired, and get connected on NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice, Mondays on Demand, only on CannabisRadio.com. Now available for pre-order through crowdfunding for just $14 plus $10 shipping. Pouches, premium mixing and rolling pouches, allow you to carry and prepare your herbs for consumption with discretion and ease. 
These stylish pouches are handcrafted using strong zips, long-wearing buffalo leather outside, and smooth, cheap skin inside. A portion of proceeds go to fund vital medical research into cannabis for ADHD. See a demo and get yours now on Indiegogo or Pouches.com. That's P-O-U-C-H-Z.com. The smoke is rising, and the next crop of podcasts devoted to cannabis providers and enthusiasts are ready to be harvested. Welcome to the Cannabis Radio Network, founded by respected rainmakers who have been producing award-winning podcasts for over a decade. Industry headlines, business updates, medical reports, marketing, and e-commerce education rolled up perfectly for your consumption. Let's grow together. The Cannabis Radio Network. CannabisRadio.com. Learning the benefits of proper nutrition, supplementation, and personal development to live a healthy and abundant life. Awaken, adjust, and aspire. High on Healthy. Mondays on demand. Only on CannabisRadio.com. Bear Savong speaks to patients, advocates, and professionals to keep you informed on all the latest trends and advancements in the medical cannabis industry on Alternative Talk, presented by AlternativeVibes.com. Tuesdays on demand, only on CannabisRadio.com. Oh, let the marijuana llama tell you something now About a game for your phone gonna make you say wow The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash Little by little your empire grows large Put the big celebrities inside your entourage You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Chichin Chong Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong The name of the game is Hemping, that's the point Download and play while you light yourself a joint the business of cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot proved by the man who run high times. Oh yeah, get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. The following CannabisRadio.com program contains explicit language and content that can be considered graphic and offensive. This program is not suitable for all audiences, and the opinions expressed do not reflect those of CannabisRadio.com, its staff, management, or sponsors. Listener discretion is advised. Hello there. Welcome back, everybody. <laughs> that wasn't creepy. That wasn't creepy at all. Fuck you. Stern Jesus Show Live, Chapter 5, Verse 17. <clears throat> Sorry. So I don't take hits for going back on the mic. It's just fucks up with my, my voice and my flow and my zone and my chi and my mojo. All that stuff. No, mainly just my voice. It's great for everything else. But not... For the old voice box, which is very necessary and needed for the job that I'm attempting to do right now. If you missed the interview with Babe West, check it out on demand. I'll be also putting out the interviews by themselves on various platforms. I'm on Rumble now. Go check me out on there. Odyssey, a bunch of different places. Like I said, they're all linked to SternJesus.net. If you want to find me, let me know you follow me somewhere. I'll follow you back. I'll follow you back everywhere. I don't care. 
I want to see your shit too. I'm, I'm putting garbage out there. You're putting garbage out there. Let's check each other's garbage out. It's my new pitch. My new pitch to people. Let's check out each other's garbage. The shit we're doing on the internet. Back to the interviews. Next up, Chrissy Mayer, her third time on the show. Comedian, podcaster. She has a new comedy album coming out. She was at the Grand Insurrection of 1-6. For those of you who are you know, bothered by that, that type of thing or still hung up. With all the other shit that's going on in the world, you're still on the fucking Twitter or somewhere else bitching about 1-6. Man, just... There's real shit going on. Real, actual shit. They should probably be worried about. We talk about that. I talk about that with Chrissy and with Clint Russell from Liberty Lockdown Podcast, whose interview is coming up after Chrissy's. But first up, Chrissy Mayer at Chrissy Mayer on Twitter. She got all kinds of shit going on. Careers just blowing up, son. And uh, as we start the interview, I try to take some credit for that, as much credit as possible, because she's been on the show twice before. So, you know, getting that, uh, that rub, the famous stoner Jesus rub. <laughs> that was creepy. I heard it. I heard it when I said it. Anyway, now my interview with Chrissy Mayer. Check it out. Welcome back, everybody. Stoner Jesus Show live on the video chat. We have another return guest, Chrissy Mayer. You find her, of course, on Twitter at Chrissy Mayer, ChrissyMayer.com as well, as you can see there with the power of technology chrissy welcome back to the show thanks for being on thank you for having me wow i this is a this is quite the uh you have a scroller down below that's good yeah. i just figured that out for myself it's, <laughs> it's pretty exciting yeah i've enjoyed everything about Streamyard so far except that you can't play audio files which i used to do a lot on my show i used to play commercials and promos and skits and all yeah, that it's hard to yeah upload like a large file too like i wanted to play a long video and it won't let you unless it's i think a 30 second clip Oh, wow. Yeah. All in all, um, thumbs up, two thumbs up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Good for them. <laughs> <laughs> Good for them. They're taking our money. <laughs> That's right. Uh, as I mentioned, you've been on the show a couple times before. You've really kind of blown up, if I may use the term, since then. Uh, Physically, I got... yes, I am putting on weight. <laughs> um, obviously, can't take all of the credit for the trajectory of your career, but I will try to take most of it at the very least. Take some. Absolutely. I, I definitely owe all, like a lot of my success to you for sure. Like you're, you're probably the most high profile weed themed podcast I've ever done. Hey, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> so um, recently you did your comedy album recording, which is like a big milestone in the life of a, of a stand up comic. How'd that go? It is. It's a huge deal. I've been doing stand up like 10 or 11 years now, which is so crazy because I feel like I, I've barely been dressing myself for 10 years. So and uh, most comics, I think in about 10 years, do put out some kind of an album. And I meant to put one out three years ago. And then my mom died and I completely tabled the whole project. And I, I really wasn't thinking of it um, until, I mean, I you know, as people know, and as I talk about in the album, I went to the Capitol on January 6th. Like, I didn't go inside the building or anything, and I talk about, like, oh, but it would have been great if I had because the publicity would have, I would have been even more famous because people would have recognized me crawling up, you know, the wall of the Capitol building. Absolutely. But unfortunately, I maintained a safe distance. <laughs> uh, and it's crazy to see 
what has happened to the uh, hundreds of people have been arrested um, for being both inside and outside the Capitol building. So it's like truly insane and it feels good. I feel like my album is going to be like a counterpoint to what the media has put out about January 6th. Um, and I think it's more important to hear stories of individuals who were at the Capitol that day because there were a one to two million people there that day but yeah. all you hear are accounts of the mainstream media like oh it was horrible the deadly insurrection so many lives were lost and it's like it's such bullshit and and there were so many of us who were there that day who just the audacity the hypocrisy of the mainstream media how they covered january 6th versus how they covered the multiple many blm antifa riots that occurred throughout 2020 uh even six months prior to january 6 there were a bunch of blm antifa folks who literally stormed the white house and uh from what i've heard from people who were there that day you know like secret service cops and such like they almost burned down the white house like it was but you never hear anybody talk about it and in fact like i didn't even know it was a thing until like, uh, I think I was interviewing Andrew Giuliani, Rudy's son, who's running for governor of New York. And I just was like, wow, there's just so many instances uh, of, of BLM Antifa causing so much damage and, you know, getting people killed and the mainstream media never breathes a word of it. Yet when a couple, a you know, million or two regular Americans, patriots, people who just don't want to see their country go down the toilet, show up in person uh, on one day on January 6th. And it's the worst thing that's ever happened to this country. It's it's worse than 9-11. I mean, like we've heard yeah. all the things it's been compared to. And it's such a slap in the face for not only anyone who was there that day, but just like anybody in this country and to see what's been happening since that day. Um, insanity with like voter id the, the insanity at the border i mean of course all the covid stuff has been like one big scam so i it makes me feel really good to to put even if it's in the form of comedy or an album or jokes it's like okay i'm putting something back into the culture that is a kind of a positive tongue-in-cheek representation of the day because for so many of us hundreds of thousands of us we didn't see or hear about any kind of shenanigans until hours and hours later till we were walking back to our hotels uh for for a lot of us uh we were just standing around listening to music holding flags people were singing people were like uh reading prayers people you know there were dogs there were kids there just like i remember the people selling t-shirts like so funny there were so many t-shirts there i remember all the funny costumes from the day there was a guy there with a skeleton costume and a shirt that said, I voted for Biden nine times. Like, you can't even make that up. Like, I can't even write that as a joke. So, you know, and it just there were so many people there was expressing themselves personality wise. Like, yeah, there were people there being funny, but there were also like genuine, um, you know, people who had like uh, basically left the CCP or left China, like, you know, Chinese immigrants there with signs that's saying like the ccp is evil and uh, we you know we saw that on the 6th we also saw that at the rally in december and also in november because i had gone to to cover a bunch of these rallies you know it wasn't just january 6th like people had been showing up to dc for a couple months already uh, really upset with what had gone down with the election and also just everything yeah
So um, <clears throat> there are any details yet about uh, when and where and stuff like that people can find the album? It's currently now being cut up into tracks. My buddy Aaron Berg uh, is starting a new record label. Uh, I don't know if he's out about it yet, but it's going to be called Uncancelable Records, which I just love that name. It really suits him. Uh, he's a fellow comedian at Compound Media, also kind of an anti-woke comedian like myself so he'll be producing the album he's currently cutting it up into tracks and he says it sounds really good and we've been talking kind of every day i'm hoping it'll be ready by next month so i can start to go uh you know make appearances promoting it but i don't know he's he's figuring out all the details with where it's going to stream i also really would love to get it made up into like vinyl I've been getting a lot of requests for that. And of course I will also have physical CDs because like I have an old car. I drive a 2010 Ford Focus and I definitely want to be able to have a CD to put into my car. You know what I mean? I've been buying a lot of old CDs because I drive this old car around now. Um, does it surprise you? And with everything else going on in the world, obviously, you know, COVID tyranny and experimenting on kids with vaccines and inflation and, the president's got dementia and the pedophiles of the CIA and all the other shit. Does it surprise you at all that people still cling to one six as some sort of catastrophic event in their life that overshadows all others? It's crazy. It's like anybody who thinks one six was a catastrophic event, like to me, that just tells you that the person is a sheep, that they have no critical thinking skills, that they don't, that they're so in a box that they don't know or haven't spoken to anybody who was there that day. They haven't tried to get firsthand accounts. Even Nick Searcy, who's an actor um, who, who just finished shooting a movie in Montana with Gina Carano, Tyler Fisher, and a few others. Um, that's going to be for the Daily Wire. He was at January 6th that day. He just put out a documentary about the day um, and I think it's called like capital punishment that came out around Thanksgiving. So it's like, if you at this point, one year later, still think that January 6th was the worst thing ever. It's like, well, then you're lazy or you're dumb or you're both, or you just haven't made the effort to try to learn about what really happened that day. And it's really the one thing that the left can, can grab onto and make a case for. And it's because the media has blown it up so much to be this huge event. And it's the one thing that they can hang on to. Cause unfortunately like the left controls the mainstream media still, like I think non-leftists have been slowly creeping up to make a dent in that independent content creators. Like of course, Tim pool, of course, Joe Rogan, like you can't deny the positive effect these guys have had. Uh, I mean, like they, they both have more viewers than CNN, MSNBC probably put together. So I think they've made a dent, but just for so many people, the default is to turn on the TV and leave it on all day long. So there's just going to be a percentage of Americans who I, I feel like are going to be impossible to get through to because they just are, I don't know if it's an age thing or what, but so many people still just like tune out listen to the news and it gets in their head and they go oh january 6th was really horrible and it wasn't and uh i even got in trouble i was on the megan kelly podcast in july she and i were talking about how the media exaggerated the events of the day and i said oh like from my perspective it was pretty chill like i meant to say like i didn't see anybody busting through a door i didn't see anybody like getting shot with a dust cloud or, or anything 
I didn't see any fist fights. Like no, at no point did myself or anybody who was around me knock anything over or or like bust through. We didn't even see any cops until we were already like next to the building. There was nobody stopping anybody from getting through. So there was no charging. There was no storming. We just simply walked up. So and I talked about that with Megan Kelly. I was like, from my perspective, it was pretty chill. But then, of course, they loved to they loved his shit on Megan Kelly and they loved to talk about January 6th. So it was like this perfect storm. It was like so many articles came out after I did her show. And of course they loved to take what I said out of context. Like, Oh, comedian Chrissy Mayer said January 6th was chill. You know, I'm like, all right, of course you're going to say that. You know what I mean? But anybody who was there that day can kind of agree with that. Unless you're like right in the front where people were kind of getting in. I think I was on the side of the building that, that people were not busting through because we were all just like standing around like people were climbing up some scaffolding and like dropping a flag down yeah. but i didn't see anybody causing any damage like i have accounts of friends who were like on the other side and they saw you know it was interesting there's this once he he runs like this independent news group i forget the name i think it's uh no i can't remember there was a group of people and then the one guy in the back started to try to pass up a sledgehammer to the front of this crowd. And in fact, somebody in the front like took it away and then, you know, like kind of threw it away or handed it down or got it out of harm's way. Like there were people uh, actively trying to discourage, you know, destruction of property. And so, uh, so many of us didn't have any kind of fights or, aggressiveness or like shenanigans basically but it's like all those thousands of personal accounts don't seem to matter because the mainstream media has like really put their stink and and they have their narrative of how the day went down so it sucks but what are you gonna do i feel like we're it's a, it's a big machine it's a big institution and it's 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 like turning the titanic around or waiting for it to sink you know it's just it's just gonna take some time and we all have to keep you know, fighting the fight, doing what we can. Yeah, it seems to me like some of the few positives that have come out of this COVID ordeal, one is the, it seems like the acceleration of the destruction of the mainstream media's audience and the trust, whatever trust was left in them. Uh, the other obviously being the kind of the acceleration of the, as Michael Mouse would put it, paraphrasing him, the, the self-segregation that we're involved in right now in America with people flowing out of the Northeast and flowing out of California and moving to Texas and Florida and places like that. So it seems like there are some bright spots. Uh, do you still live in the, uh, the New York area? You still in the base there? Yes. I'm st I live in New York still. I'm in Westchester County, which is like an hour outside of the city. And I've been out here for like five years now. So I've, you know, and I had to go in, you know, every Monday, throughout the pandemic to do my radio show on compound media. And I was working remotely the whole time at a day job as well. And I recently uh, got fired from that day job because I wasn't, because I didn't have the jab and I was working remotely, which made absolutely no sense. I was like, wow, I've been able to do this job. No problem remotely the last two years. Why all of a sudden now am I getting the boot? And I, you know, I have a feeling it had to do with, you know, who I am as a person and getting written up in various articles. And I think it's actually a blessing because, you know, I definitely don't want to be somebody else's like office slave forever. I don't think that's my purpose in life. And I think this was like God pushing, 
pushing me out of the nest, so to speak, and being like, okay, you're ready to do this like full time and stop juggling like so many other day jobs. And, but it sucks and it's, uh, but it's good. I, I feel like working a day job all these years has kept me like really grounded with kind of like the average person. A lot of comedians have rich parents or they, you know, they live for free in, the, in their parents' apartment in the city or something. So I think that's another reason why things have taken me a little bit longer is because I've always had to work. I've always had to pay rent. Um, so it's it hasn't been easy. It hasn't been like an easy or glamorous road. But again, like anybody who, who does comedy for longer than a few years will, will tell you, it's like you get bitten by the bug. It's like it's like ha having AIDS. You just have it now. Although I think AIDS is even pretty livable now. So it's probably worse than AIDS. Being <laughs> it was great. I don't know. Yeah. <clears throat> um, if circumstances would allow, speaking of like location wise, would it be, would getting out of New York be something that you would look into? I have been like, yeah, of course, this whole time I've been thinking about it. And I'm like blessed that I'm able to, with comedy, travel to so many different parts of the country. Like, okay, I know what Appleton, Wisconsin is like. I've been to Texas, like, I think three times last year. Um, I've been to, Fl I go to Florida like once a year anyway. Like, and my family's kind of all spread out over the country. And I just think all these road gigs have really helped me to see the country. And I'm starting to think like, okay, where would I want to go? Like Nashville seems pretty cool. Uh, like I know Austin is now a leftist shithole. So I would avoid Austin now. You know, you hear that Miami is going to be the new city that um, like New York people flock to. And then the, Miami will now be the next kind of ruined <laughs> leftist city. But yeah, and, and I can't move out anytime soon just because of like, this compound media show. And also my boyfriend has a 10 year old son. So like we're, you know, and uh, you know, a lot of there's a couple of like elderly family members. So, and I think that's the reason why at this point, if you haven't moved out of New York state, I think it's because it's because of like your kids or el you're taking care of, you know, elderly family members, or it's like a work thing too, which kind of sucks. Cause I feel like there's New York city ha has this feeling like the government's sort of just, has it by the balls you know and they're just trying to see how much they can get away with because the people who are left are now kind of truly desperate or they just make so much money that kind of nothing the rules don't really apply to them yeah um obviously on your show you've had a lot of uh, political types stuff like that um and i'm sure you've talked a lot about kind of where we're headed as a people as a country as a society however you want to put it where do you think we go from here as far as you know the United States, are we looking at, you know, just destruction, um, secession, you know, break up different parts of, you know, different countries within the United States? What's uh, what's your thinking on that? Yeah, I don't feel like uh, I mean, I, I want to be an optimist. I think that's I think that's the best way to live your life is I know people, you know, you could talk to you probably talk to many people who are like, oh, I'm black pilled because of X, Y and Z. Like, you know, the more libertarians you, I feel like I talk to, which I guess I do identify as a libertarian, uh, maybe on some issues, more of a classical liberal. But it, you do have to just make sure that that what you're taking in, like the information you're taking in and the thoughts you're taking in and, and even just what you're telling yourself is not going to get you, keep you depressed and, and make you feel like 
hopeless. It's so important to have hope. And it's like, I'm not a political science major. Like I like, you know, expert. I don't know a lot about like the economy and the fed. And like, there's people you could have on who could talk for days on those subjects. And I feel like when I do talk to people who are experts in those subjects, I do start to feeling like, Oh man, what's happening to our money. I don't even know. Like I'm intimidated by crypto. Like I have some, I don't know what's going on, but it's like, I know that I have to buy. It's like, Oh, I, I guess I feel like I have to buy a bucket of dehydrated food. I guess like, I feel like I have to do that. Like, am I, I maybe, be, you know, whatever makes you comfortable to be a little bit of a prepper, to be a little bit of like, okay, storing up weapons and ammo, be a little bit more looking into crypto. Like do, I think do and read as much as you can uh to just be like all right because at the end of the day we only can do what's in our control which is not that much what do you have control over your attitude how you treat people what you tell yourself how healthy you keep your body um that's another big like goal this year is like just yeah like now that i don't have this like pesky day job it's okay like go it's not selfish to like go to the gym it's not selfish to go like try to work out or like um you know make sure you're spending money on like some vegetables and like get your supplements down like really spend some time like make sure you're getting a magnesium supplement like i really like this one it's called natural calm it comes in like a dust you just do like a spoon or two in your water and 80 percent of people are magnesium deficient and once you start getting and supplements the most people it's like you take them you forget to take them and then you're back so it's like if you can be generally taking them most of the time i think you're solid and like Something like magnesium helps with mood. It helps with going to the bathroom. Make sure you're getting vitamin D. That helps with mood. And it's something if you just like forget about your supplements and a couple of weeks later, you'll be like, oh, why do I just feel blah? It's like those are little things that that help so much to your well-being, like getting fresh air, just like little even like, oh, like I buy a lot of candles that are on sale and like that helps my sanity, you know, like it, figuring out what you need to do to recenter yourself, whether it's like. And these are all chick things, obviously, right? But it's like taking a hot bath. Like, okay, those little things matter. Uh, making sure your space is like tidy. Don't um, let like papers like build up everywhere. But I think the supplement thing is really important. Obviously, like all the supplements we've been hearing this whole time that are good against uh, the current coof, right? The vitamin D, the vitamin C, zinc, quercetin, uh, echinacea, any of those like immunity building supplements are always good to be good but like definitely in the winter it is giving me hope to see that the coof has mutated down to such a weak version uh omicron to me is, is it's essentially a cold and you know i've never been a really a mask person like i'm so like grateful that everybody i live with in my house like my boyfriend his parents his brother his girlfriend like we're all on the same page thank God, because I know that that's another stress too. If you have people in the house who are different, who feel differently, like on masks or vaccine, like, you know, this particular vaccine or gene therapy, whatever you want to call it. And it's, it's been crazy. And they, I think the powers that be want it this way. They want people fighting. They want families fighting and breaking up because the more you lose your foundation, the more you're going to look to the government to be your new daddy. So whether it's like, you know, it's, it's, I think the lockdowns have made a lot of people kind of wake up and see what's really important to them. Like, I think if you were kind of fucking around and like dating whoever, I think it's made you be like, oh, I need to find a ride or die, you know, or mm -hmm. if you were with somebody and a partner and all this time in the house with them has shown you like, oh, wow, we really aren't on the same page. Well, then it's 
brought that to light in and i'm all about like embrace change you know let the let the stuff that's not working for you fall away and just try to be in as in touch with your like emotional state not in a gay way but you know what i mean like just <laughs> try to like t take care of yourself on all fronts and it's so easy for us like think of the different levels there's like a health level there's work there's like love affection like there's creative and like just try to make sure all your levels are good because most of the time like oh we'll work a lot and it's like oh man like i need sleep i need sex i need hugs i need creative expression and then it's i think as good of a job as you can do i was like checking up on your levels that will keep you from like you know snapping at somebody in a nail salon which somebody did to me on christmas eve i got reamed out for not wearing a mask and then this fucking bitch this karen brought her huge hulking husband in wearing a mask to also yell at me so it's like people are insane people have snapped during the last two years they have lost their minds because they have bought into something that is not giving them any kind of returns. I think, you know, the people that have bought in on the multiple jabs and the booster and the masks, it's like, well, they were, they were told things would be back to normal by now and they're not. So mm -hmm. they're like, oh man, especially if they still ended up getting the coup, which most people have gotten some version of it by now. I think I got, maybe I got the Delta or whatever. I had the regular coup in September. And I remember when I got it, I have hair in my mouth. When I got it, I was I got such a mild case, thank God. But I was like, they shut the economy down for this, for this shit. Like I confused it for PMS at first. I had cramps. I had like body aches, and I just thought that those were cramps. I thought, oh, I had, I didn't worked out. You know, I worked out for the first time in a while. I guess I'm just sore. And then um, I had a cough, and I was like, oh, I don't want people to think I have COVID. I better just take a lot of cough drops and honey and tea. And I basically like healed myself on like a buttload of honey and tea and cough drops and then it wasn't until i had a headache for three days straight that i was like okay that's i'm not like a headache person so that's weird and then my boyfriend had it too he had it much worse than he got the test and i was like you know what? i'll get tested too and i was like oh shit, i'm positive look at that mm. so it was like kind of nice to get it because i was like okay now i'm not feeling left out and then I think a bunch of us all had the Omicron too, which is basically like, why does every illness and sickness and virus need its own name now? Like, well, we know why. It's so you know yeah. who can make big bucks off of uh, off of new pills and new cures for something because we're not going to acknowledge the cures and the pills that have been around for decades that have been crushing it and curing people of all sorts of stuff. No, we we want to stay away from the generics, the stuff that's basically free to people. Like we, you know. These people are criminals. It's so disgusting. And um, it's just good to have that knowledge, but not let it like take your joy and rob you of like your spirit and your kind of purpose in life. Um, just think about like, all right, what can I do today to feel good and work towards my goals and, and take care of my people? And that's all you can really do. And I think if you find yourself getting like really worried or doom and gloom about the future, like, just try to like come back to the present moment because like people have lived through harder times than this you know um there's people like currently i'm probably getting bombs dropped on them that we don't hear about so yeah i think just trying to like take care of yourself and be good to your people and like talk you know don't forget to like call people up and like sometimes talk for an hour you know Cause it's, I yeah. think we get so in our phones and like texty texty and messaging. You're like, Oh, I don't, 
you know, you have that sort of empty needing of people feeling. Yeah, the that's what I was going to say, like, especially nowadays with social media and stuff, it can be really toxic. You start scrolling through Twitter or whatever. And it's addictive because then you get in a loop and you're like, I got to find something. And you're like, wait, an hour has gone by. Like I could have been reading. I could have been um, like taking time for myself or, you know, building something. Yeah. I have a, obviously, because I follow a lot of cannabis people on Twitter. I have a lot of left-leaning people that I follow. So it's a lot of, you know, you don't get the vaccine, you're killing grandma and so on and so forth. Sometimes I just got to go away wow. from it. It's not funny. And you would think people that are into marijuana and like possibly, you know, uh, alternative cures and herbs and like medical freedom and stuff. Like you think that that those would be overlapping groups, but it's surprising to see. Yeah. There's, there's so many seen the persecution of the government firsthand for over 80 years to this day, the federal government won't admit that marijuana can be used as medicine. And it's those same people that are so gun ho on that area in every other aspect of their life, they're ready for the government to just come in and, take over and tell me what to do and where to go and right because it's it's like you want to kick your feet up because life is hard life has always been hard it's just that we didn't hear about it so much because we didn't have social media until like pretty recently like you want to hear about hard like ask your dead grandparents i mean the dead so you can't but like there have been i would say probably like my grandmother's generation like they had it harder in some ways but then easier in others. I think every, like we have the advantage, like technology has made so many aspects of our lives so much easier. It's like, oh, you could get a toilet seat delivered in a day over Amazon, but we have different problems that our grandparents didn't even have to think of because like my grandma got married with a high school education. What the fuck? You know what I mean? She didn't have to like sweat it out, commuting to the city for 10 years, like getting jerked off on onto, on a subway. She didn't have to deal with that. They're like, her life was kind of easy in that way. But maybe, you know, she couldn't look up a recipe of, like, how to make her coleslaw more exciting. <laughs> so, um, Yeah, it's uh, things are, I think mentally we are in a lot of ways worse off than people back then. Because we, we've, a lot of us have, you just, we manufacture so much to worry about. Because, like, the, the basics are, like, you know, back in the Depression, you're worried about if you're going to die tomorrow from starvation. But a lot of people don't have to worry about that anymore. So now they're worried about, you know, their pronouns and their bio and stupid Oh, yeah. Like Those people, like, they either have no real problems, so they're trying to front like they do to get attention and validation. Like, you know, all people need those things. But I think there's a particular need with folks in their 20s. Like, they're really still figuring out who they are as people and finding themselves. And they're also, I think, dealing with, like, a lack of love because society has told them, like, you know, fuck women. They're all terrible. Fuck men. They're all terrible. And like they we've been conditioned to kind of like hate each other and not work together. And I know because I fell for that same trick in college. Like I graduated being like, oh, I don't need a man. Like I definitely don't want to be a mom. That's con that's considered settling and mm. like being a loser. Like, oh, really? The best I can do is just reproduce. But I look under that and it's like I didn't have a boyfriend at a college. Like I didn't graduate so many girls. I would like watch them have kids in their twenties. And it's like, Oh wow. Like I didn't have any of that. So I, I understand why the lack of that is what makes a lot of these women in particular, like very angry. Cause they don't want to acknowledge that they're missing something like pretty basic and primal. So they fucking just put all their energy like 
it's really it comes out kind of negatively and toxic in the form of like what we see all these TikTokers do and like mm-hmm. cutting their hair and dyeing it a horrible color and it's just like okay it's like it's like just cries for help have been totally <laughs> embraced <laughs> what would normally be like oh wow this is a cry for help let's get her in somewhere let's get her talking to somebody like oh like 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 share 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 she's trending good for you yeah, I think uh, people who look for problems, I think it definitely does something to your psyche and to your mental processes when you're just geared towards what can I be outraged about? What can I be pissed off about? What's, you know, why is this person not as good as me? What what are they doing wrong? I think it's, it's fucking with a lot of young people, especially. And it's, we're going to see it more and more as time goes on. It's robbing them of their potential. And it's like, I think once you have your love down and validation, and you're feeling good about yourself or maybe a partner, then you can work on what am I building in this world? What business am I going to create? What family am I going to create? What community am I going to help build? But if you don't have that foundation solid, you can never move on to the second level, which is why we see so many young people kind of floundering at that base level because they're just they have no foundation and it's kind of robbing them of their future and i think the government is encouraging this to set up like a generation of people like i think we see i don't know if it's china or japan there's like basically a generation of like men that don't get married that are like just you know and probably women too but like these sad like men that are like just never get married and they end up being like very dependent on the government and they live in like a single kind of like small room pod type situation. I wish I had the details for this, but like maybe somebody listening knows what I'm talking about. But I think that this is all being encouraged to create a generation of people who are dependent on the government. Because if you don't have, if you hate your family because they have different political beliefs or you've turned your back on your friends because they voted for Trump or if you've, if you've broken up with your boyfriend or a fiance because they wouldn't get the vaccine, like what does that all mean? Like now you're kind of by yourself. Absolutely. Just um, right where, right where they want you. I agree a hundred percent. One more thing on the COVID thing. I remember when you tweeted out, it was like late September <clears throat> or so that you had COVID. I had it at the same time, late September, early October. And I definitely think that was the Delta variant. These, mm. these kids today, these people today, these pussies, they have the Omicron. They don't yeah. know like they don't know what it's like i had like a sore throat for like three days so oh wow yeah. my boyfriend had a cough for about a month like he had it he had it really bad he had a really annoying cough he had to get like an inhaler he had to get like a bunch of stuff so it took him a little bit longer I, I wonder if it affects like men a little bit worse that's what i keep hearing but i hope not i think i just got lucky so nowadays you know you take some nyquil or whatever just to take some nyquil and just yeah just throw back some NyQuil, have some honey. Like honey is so good for coughs. Chamomile tea is like antibacterial or something. It's like, it's, I don't know, read a bag of tea. It'll tell you. I just think that like these normal everyday things that have, have been working fine for, for decades. And now you have to panic and, and like call up big pharma and ask them to heal you. And they want us like getting away from nature, from herbs from the stuff that's cheaper, right? That maybe we could grow ourselves or make ourselves. So yeah, there was a study the other day um, talking about how cannabis uh, blocks the receptors that, that bring COVID into your body and helps you keep from getting COVID. So, you know, damn, I had an edible the other day and it, like, I hadn't had anything like in the weed world for like a while. And like, I don't know if this means I had too much, but like, I just got really vulnerable and really needy and like, 
I just felt out of it. I felt like emotionally unstable. And I was like, is that a purging? And I was like, okay, is what's happened? And then I felt a little weird like the next day too. So I think I was like a little bit weird for like two days. And I was like, I wonder if this is like purging anxiety that I have or does it just make me more emotional? I couldn't figure that out. Yeah, you gotta be careful with edibles. Anybody out there watching and listening, be very careful. They can fuck you up. Purely like you smoke 12 blunts or whatever. It's not the same. No, not. it's not. This was like, and the, I should know this, like taking edibles. <laughs> she was a guest on my show. She's like an OnlyFans girls who had just come from like, you know, a shoot where she was getting fisted. And I was like, this is the person I'm taking edibles from. Don't worry. She washed her hands, I think. And it was cute because I like gummies and it was in like a little Sour Patch gummy mm -hmm. package. Uh, and I was like, it's just one. It was like so small. And I, I just don't like feeling like emotionally out of control. Yeah. And that's what I was going through. Yeah. I can definitely pack a lot in to a, to a tiny edible. That's yeah. Sure. Um, Chrissy, before we let you go, uh, what kind of dates do you got coming up? What kind of projects, anything that, uh, that people can see in the next few months? Yes, I am going to be back in Long Island uh, performing with Comedians of the Compound on February 26th. You can get tickets for that on my website or go to compoundcomedy.com. I will be in Savannah, Georgia at the Wormhole Comedy Club uh, March 19th. And then I'll be back in Florida to do side splitters in Tampa March 20th. And then again, like as soon as I have details about this album, I will be posting it like crazy. So hopefully I can get a lot of pre-sales going because uh, that's like what I think is really going to piss off a lot of these leftist comics. Like if my album like reaches number one on iTunes, like even for a day, even for like half a day, I get to be like, you know what, Chrissy, you did something. You made some, <laughs> you made some bitches cry. Because no. <laughs> there's so many people that wanted to like completely unperson me after the six. They're like, yeah. oh, she should be exiled from comedy and i'm like what the fuck i'm like i don't know people are weird but yeah got some shows coming up uh listen to my podcast the chrissy mayer podcast on itunes youtube spotify soundcloud i got new episodes of that coming out four times a week and i also do a show called the wet spot on compound media mondays at 7 30 p.m eastern and that's the show where i have like comedians and porn stars come on and we just got a motor bunny and we christened it literally on monday we had a couple girls sit on it it's like, it's, you know, it's like a vibrating sort of, you sit on it and there's a dial and then maybe you come or maybe you don't, but. <laughs> Isn't that life in general? <laughs> that is life in general. It really is. Maybe you come, maybe you don't. This is. You yeah. Know. It's about the journey, man. That's right. Chrissy, thank you for being on the show. And as always, you know, got more stuff to talk about or whatever. Please come back in the future. Oh, I definitely will. Awesome. Thank you, Chrissy. Have Thanks, a good day. Donor, Jesus. There we go. My interview with Chrissy Mayer. Heard a lot of pertinent information. Go check it out. Stern Jesus Show Live, Chapter 5, Verse 17. Big three interviews tonight. Play two of them. Like I said, if you missed them, you go check them out. I'll also be putting them on various platforms like YouTube. And I'm on Rumble now, as I said, and places like that. Clips. If you will, maybe Twitch. I don't know if I go through all that and clip them out. I just, I'll post some places and I'll put it on Twitter, my other various platforms where you can find each individual interview. Still to come, Clint Russell from Liberty Lockdown Podcast, do with an interesting story, uh, interesting views, just a great conversation, as they all are. Cause like I said earlier, I'm just a fucking stellar 
interviewer. BDJ Sexy Hippie, as you see, has been uh, commenting on Facebook. I'm posting those as we play the interviews. Got one of the promo code coming up. But first, you're chilling with us tonight. It's kind of a long show. I had three you know, kind of long interviews. I want to put them all together. I want to push one until next week, and that would have been like like a nine-day-old interview. And that's, that, that bothers me. That annoys me. So. so here we are. Lots of interviews, motherfucker. Guess what else we got? See, while I was talking and babbling there, I could have been setting this up. But now I'm behind. But anyway, I said earlier and just now, promo codes. Nextbardo.com. Do you have a promo code for that, Stern Jesus? Yes, I do. Let me get my, my scroll up there. And now, the unveiling of the promo code. Use code Stern Jesus to get 10% off at Nextbardo. Dot com. Click that next Bardo banner on stonerjesus.net. What do they have, you may ask? Well, this is just the categories right here. Water pipes, hand pipes, dugouts, grinders, nectar collectors, dabbing supplies, rolling papers and supplies, storage, pouches and cases, and accessories. Get free U.S. shipping when you spend at least $25 or more. See, there's the various uh, different, all that just... Just within those categories, what else you can see and find? Yeah. It's just, there's so much. There's so much. There's some of the, the products right there, just a taste, just a little taste of some of the stuff you can get, including this uh, six and three quarters inch penis pipe bubbler with a funnel bowl. Let's bring that up to full. To full. There you go. Look at the colors. That's nice. Look at that. Is that army camouflage? <laughs> Purple and the black. Mm. Not bad. Not bad designs. Is that I guess that's the British one. So there you go. <laughs> A lot of different colors on the penis pipe. Uh, just tons of stuff. There's even look, there's even more stuff there. Look at that. And that right there. It's a coffee mug with a with a bowl in it. I could go on all night. A little silicone hand pipes, a little uh, Grogu. Just, just, I can't, I can't get into just all of it because there's so much. Look at all that. Look at it. It just keeps going. It's never ending. And all that stuff, this stuff right here is on sale. All this stuff right here. Look at that. And there's more stuff. Oh, we're now we're finally at the bottom. Believe all that. All of that. On one website. Next Bardo. Click their banner on stonerjesus.net. Use code stonerjesus to get 10% off. At nextbardo.com. Last but not least, if you're in the lingerie for yourself, for someone else, whatever it is, well, check this out as soon as it comes up and I can pull the screen up. There we go. Bam. Women's lingerie feature collection right there is a plus size lingerie lashes and lace. Click their banner on stonerjesus.net. See some of the products they have right there. Good shit. If I wore lingerie, this is the kind of lingerie I would get. I don't think I can pull it off. I don't have the hips. Maybe I do. You know, I'm always putting myself down in ways like that. Maybe I do have the hips to pull off lingerie. I don't know. I have to try. That'd be like an OnlyFans thing or a Patreon thing. You have to pay me. You have to pay big fucking bucks. To see me in lingerie. I'm giving that shit away for free. Fuck you. 
click the Lashes and Lights banner on Stoner Jesus. Dotnet, like I said, for you, for a significant other, for a friend. Oh, do you send friends lingerie? I don't know. It just depends on what kind of friends you are. But, you know, if you need lingerie for any reason, there you go. Twitch. Gonna wreck. Gonna wreck. So it looks great. Damn right it does. See, I don't have the tits for that. I can't. I've never fly. That's a shame. I get other am again put myself down, but I, I gotta face facts. You know, I don't have the um I don't have the just the figure in general to pull something like that off. And that's a shame. But it is what it is. One more interview on our interview Extrava Bonanza. That's right. It's a mash of two words. I made that up. It's mine. I trademarked it earlier tonight. Clint Russell from Liberty Lockdown Podcast. Cool dude. It was a great conversation about politics, among other things, the state of the world. His show, what he's up to on the internet, shit like that. So, again, while I was doing that little spiel, I could have been bringing up the interview and having it ready to go. But, again, I'm behind. i got to combine the hosting and the directing and producing duties in one fell swoop. So that it, it seems like a cohesive type of thing that I got going on here. Which is the, the veneer I'm trying to put up. I'm trying to, to imitate the professional broadcast. Damn it. Why is it so difficult? Here's my interview with Clint Russell from Liberty Lockdown Podcast. Check it out, bitches. Go check out sternerjesus.net. Keep spreading the word about sternerjesus.net. You all are awesome. Check it out, yo. Welcome back, everybody. Stoner and Jesus show live on the old video chat. We have Clint Russell from the Liberty Lockdown Podcast, libertylockdownpodcast.com. You see the pertinent information, like magic, scrolling there along the bottom. Clint, welcome to the show, and thanks for taking the time to be on, man. Thank you very much for having me. I can't wait to talk. Not a problem. As I said, I know we're trying to get more Liberty people on the show. I try to keep it a lighthearted show. But there are times when I will stray, like I did a big segment, you know, I guess last month it was on vaccines for kids, which to me is like in the different level of, you know, you have the COVID tyranny and all that shit, but then experimenting on children. And there was a little video clip of the dude from the FDA basically saying, hey, you know, we uh, to know what's in these vaccines, we just start got to start giving them to people and, and see what happens. But in general, I try to stay away from from heavy shit. But uh Back in the day, I used to have a lot of Liberty people on. I had Dave Smith on in like 2016, I think it was. Nice. And, um, I try to get away from it, but it's just we're in, a, in such a time now where, especially from my perspective, because a lot of my listeners are cannabis people, and a lot mm-hmm. of them are left-leaning. And uh, I was just talking about this with uh, with Chrissy Mayer uh, yesterday. I interviewed her. A lot of them are, they've seen the persecution over the years of cannabis users, and to this day, the federal government won't admit that medicine, uh, marijuana is a medicine. And in that area, they're like, oh, you know, government, stay out of my, you know, leave me alone. I'm not hurting anybody, all that stuff. But in pretty much every other aspect of life, they're begging for the government to come take care of things, take this over, make this decision for me, tell me what to wear on my face, all of that. So I figured that getting some people like you on may help I do what little part I can with what, you know, audience I've been able to amass to um, yeah. to kind of break down that wall and show people that, you know, it's. 
the government's bad in one spot because they're bad in all spots. And <laughs> that's why that's why they say it's not just an anomaly that they suck on cannabis. It's their, you know, their whole thing. So, uh, like I said, thank you for being on um, your podcast. Yeah. Lockdown. Uh, what made you get started with that and get into this whole political sphere? Uh, I was a second gen libertarian, so that's rare. Uh, my dad yeah. found Murray Rothbard in the Libertarian Party back in the seventies. Uh, oh. I was born in the eighties, and and uh, you know, even though he didn't raise me, I I was influenced by these long car rides we would have, where I would I would spend one week in a month with him, and he would just talk to me about the founding fathers and what liberty meant and why it was valuable and why it was so hard fought and why it was so rare and those things just kind of got imbued in me um i was never really interested in being involved in politics uh i mean i was always kind of on the periphery i was paying attention i was certainly very passionate about my beliefs but i just i'm kind of uh i don't know i guess i've always been a little bit blackpilled when it comes to the political system and i just never thought i could really make a difference uh, and then I, I was an entrepreneur, I was a mortgage lender, and I just tried to focus on, you know, bettering myself and my family's lives and, and well-being. And then 2020 rolls around and they decide, no more. You're, you're not allowed to uh, put your head in the sand and ignore what we're doing any longer. And we're going to lock you and everyone you know down, basically. And, and then... I, at that point, I was like, okay, so this is this is a bridge too far. And because I was a private money lender, which means I actually care about my investors' capital, I, I decided immediately that under a lockdown paradigm, there was no way I could safely invest their capital uh, because I didn't know how the government was going to respond. I didn't know how the economy was going to respond. I thought it was going to be really instantly catastrophic. It turns out that we bought some time by printing trillions and trillions of dollars. And and ultimately, we've only grown this bubble bigger, so it's going to get much, much worse in the future. But it bought us some time. Long story short, I, I started screaming into a microphone. Uh, apparently, people felt as if there was some market demand for that. And and uh, sure enough, now I've been on part of the problem with Dave Smith and Timcast IRL and a bunch of other shows. And and I'm I'm very grateful that apparently there is an appetite for my sort of radical libertarianism. Um, I'm, I would classify myself more as an anarchist. Uh, I don't, I don't think that the system is reformable. And I think after the past two years, I'm very confident it's not reformable. I'm just most interested in infusing my belief system into the general public in a way that I can hopefully actually build back better, uh, when the empire falls, which I think is eminent. Yeah, it's, um, it's, it's like you said, last couple of years have been such a weird time with everything going on. And it's there, there's a, a couple of positive things that have maybe come out of this whole COVID tyranny thing. One, the seemingly the, the speed up of the collapse of any kind of trust or belief in the mainstream media or anything they have to say. And also the the kind of the self-segregation that's going on with people flowing out of California and, and New York and going, you know, to Texas and Florida and places like that. I'm one of them. Went from California to Miami right now. So, absolutely. Um, I'm, st I'm staying where I am. I'm stuck where I am, really. But you know, Northern Kentucky's not a bad place to be no, as far as uh, as far you as got you got the best politicians in the country. Uh, I mean, yeah. you don't have a great governor, but it is what it yeah. is. Yeah, I live in uh, Thomas Massey's district, so I've been able to. Oh, what voting I have done, I've voted for him a few times. <laughs> I am, I am so jealous. That is Thomas Massey is my guy. Yeah, so it's it's not bad, but um. Like I said, the the kind of the self segregation that's going on seems to be 
where we're headed. And uh, to me, a good thing. What are your thoughts on like the, the, the whole national divorce thing and all that? Do you think we're headed to that or some different path? I actually do think that's where we're headed. And I think it's almost an inevitability at this point. It just boils down to whether or not it's going to be peaceful or violent. Uh, my preference is obviously peace. I'm a libertarian. Like my instinct, my first, uh, every, what I want always is to avoid hot war. And, right. and especially when it comes to a civil war, which would be the worst thing imaginable. So, uh, yeah, I think it's coming though. I mean, it, it's unfortunate, uh, not, not civil war. I think that the, um, secessionary movements are coming yeah. simply because the, the federal government in particular, but also some of the state, you know, governors have, have essentially declared that like, you're not allowed to exist in their purview unless you completely comply with a, a lot of really egregious oversteps of power, including forced uh, inoculation. And and that's something I never thought I'd see in this country. I mean, I just never thought it, and especially on a global basis. It's now kind of been, that's been the push for the past two years, got really aggressive over the past six months. And I'm, I'm grateful to see that a few countries have pulled back. Uh, but apparently we, even though all of the science demonstrates that this is uh, ultimately not going anywhere, uh, COVID, I mean, yeah. it's, it doesn't matter. Like the, this is, I, I get real tinfoil hatty on this stuff. Cause it, it just seems to me as if it's not, it does, I don't think it really has anything to do with COVID. That's my personal assessment. I think that this is all about control compliance. And as someone who is, uh, you know, I've been an entrepreneur, I I'm not even married. I like, I, I very much don't like to be tied down and this government is just refusing to accept people like me. Um, so I'm going to seek out either a community that allows me to be free. If that's an individual city within a state that's tyrannical or, you know, or it's the free state project in New Hampshire, or it's DeSantis defending me from the feds in, in Florida, there's options out there. And I think the divide is only going to grow. Yeah, Absolutely. It's uh, it's scary that how quickly that you know the word conspiracy theory gets thrown around a lot. Or conspiracy theorist, but the speed at which things that were called conspiracy theories are just accepted as normal now. Yeah, I remember right. like 10, 10, 11 years ago. I remember listening to Alex Jones, and back then he was going on and on about how you know they're reading all our emails and they're spying on us and all this other stuff, and everybody said he was crazy. You know they're not doing all that, and then of course you know. They obviously are. And now it's just a common thing, you know, high NSA, you read my emails, you're watching, you know, you're keeping tabs on me. How's it going? You know, all that shit. And it's a joke, but yep. it's like the speed with, with which people can just turn their brain from that's crazy to absolutely. That's the way it is. And that's the way it should be. Right. Is a little scary. It's, it's unbelievable. I mean, if you would, if you had asked, I think if you had pulled Americans in 2019, if forced inoculation was an acceptable thing, I think it would have been, 90% against. I mean, it would have been a pretty unanimous like fuck you, you don't do that to us. Yeah. You know, that's not we have we have free will, we have uh power to decide for ourselves and bodily autonomy, all these other things. And that was a pretty bipartisan perspective. Now, you have about half this country that thinks it's completely acceptable. And and they don't even remember having the thought 2 years ago that it was uh, an atrocity. So you're right. I mean, this is this is what I talk about with the ratchet effect. They have been ratcheting us for my entire life, but it really started, in my opinion, after 9-11. The Patriot yeah. Act, TSA, NSA, all that stuff, they really threw the gauntlet down. And under the pretense of terrorism, the war on terror, 
they implemented most of their most egregious plans and and this the war on covid is the next level of it i mean and because we allowed for the war on terror uh now it's coming home they're they're persecuting trump supporters in in really egregious ways they're also per persecuting uh leftist political dissidents and it's just if you're if you're awake to it if you can break from the tribal mold and just identify what's actually transpiring everyone should be concerned i mean everyone should be very concerned and active in fighting back against this because it's not going to get any easier yeah 9 11 it's interesting you mentioned that because it really was a starting point for a lot of stuff it was my 22nd birthday so i remember you know i was as everybody does vividly but i was one of those people i was you know i was a hardcore republican i was a rush limbaugh listener i voted for w they attacked us 9 11 we need to kick their ass you know all that stuff it was to the point where when we started the war in iraq i was like vhs taping the war in iraq because it's like this is gonna be our triumphant time we bring democracy to these backwards people and so on and so forth um luckily over the years in 06 i found ron paul through uh myspace Love and i was by then i could see you know what was going on in iraq wasn't exactly what we were sold in the beginning <laughs> my disillusionment right. uh, began to uh to accelerate but yes yeah, it's, it's been uh it's been a long a long process and then they were able to just when COVID came along they just grabbed onto it and are just you know milking it for all it's worth and it's it's a scary time i mean i you know it's it's hard to be optimistic but you really have no choice you know in the face well, of everything going on let, let me let me try and spin this into a white pill for you i i think that things were very bad prior to lockdowns and covid so mm -hmm. uh we were all being spied on we had infinite eternal wars that were going on we don't even declare war anymore congress doesn't yeah. vote on it it just Basically, all of our constitutional rights and powers and everything have just been completely ignored. So I think if you want to be optimistic, if you want to take the good from the bad, and don't get me wrong, this the past two years have been very bad, a lot of people have woken up. I mean, a lot, millions and millions of people, particularly on the conservative side over the past two years. But I think a lot of leftists that still believe in bodily autonomy also understand this is a huge problem. I mean, you cannot have a fucking government that tells you what you must put in your body. It's egregious enough that they tell us what we can't put in our body. Telling us what we must? I mean, that is a that is a bridge too far. It's a bridge too far, and that bridge is burned. I mean, it is awful. It's a declaration of war on freedom-loving people, as far as I'm concerned. And and I, I you know, I've been fighting against the war on drugs basically my entire life. Um, mm -hmm. But this is this is the war on forced drugs. So it's yeah. It, it, I, I don't think again. I don't think you, that you get. To this point without allowing the precedent of permitting the government to imprison you if you put a substance in your body that they disapprove of and because we allowed for that now it's not that big of a, of a, a you know logical leap to say now we can imprison you if you don't put this in your body yeah. and i think that's where we're headed if 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 there's not enough populist uprising popular will against the the forced inoculation i i think that's where they'll go um, at this point, I'm very optimistic, though, because I think that they have identified there is a huge swath of this country that flat out won't accept it, never will. And and I don't think that they want hot conflict. So I'm hoping that that buys us some time. And the fact that so many people are now identifying how full of shit corporate media is and news in particular. Um, I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful, but it's going to be hard. Yeah, absolutely. It's interesting with, you know. A lot of my audience being cannabis users and they've 
they will rail against the government about, you know, tell they say, you know, you should have no say over what I put in my body. If I want to smoke a joint, I got to smoke a joint. I'm not hurting anybody. Right. So many of those same people will look at you with a straight face and say, yes, the government should be able to force you to be injected with something. And the, the disconnect just doesn't occur to them at all. No, uh, it's, it's bizarre to me. Um, there's a, there's just a ton of cognitive dissonance that's going on and yeah. I don't, I don't understand it. I don't know. I, I really, I mean, I guess I do understand it. It's just, it's just human fear. Uh, people respond to fear in different ways. And uh, a lot of people have completely given up on their principles, which I thought were sincerely held uh, because they're afraid. And I don't understand why you're afraid. I mean, if you're young and healthy, uh, you really have nothing to be afraid of. But here we are. I mean, there's yeah. there's a lot of people that would absolutely gleefully hold me down and inject something in my body if it if it made them feel one percent safer. It's just it's just incredible. Absolutely. Getting back to the podcast, the Lockdown podcast. Obviously, you love all your guests, and, and you think they've all been you know wonderful, wonderful people. But you have to have some favorites. Uh, do you have any like the really favorite guests of the podcast? Sure. I mean, Dave is obviously he's he's my guy. So Dave Smith is is amazing every time we, I get to have him on. Uh, we've become really good friends over the past year, and that's weird because I was such a huge fan of his. I've been listening to him for six years and first discovered him on Joe Rogan. And mm. so that's that's all, you know, living the dream type stuff. Uh, I really think that the best episode I've ever done was with James Lindsay and Josie, uh, formerly the redheaded libertarian on Twitter. Uh, mm. That was an amazing episode. James Lindsay is an absolute encyclopedia of... Um, critical race theory and and having him on with her so that we could go back and forth about what the great reset is where it's headed uh that guy is he's an encyclopedia i mean he's just amazing he'll, he'll be on joe rogan tomorrow uh so he, he's he's the real deal and i i really would recommend anybody check him out particularly check out that episode i think it was called uh how to stop the great reset or something like that hmm. awesome so um for people who aren't familiar which may be a lot of people in my audience. Uh, how tell us about Tower Gang and <laughs> what goes on there? <laughs> yeah, Tower Gang. Uh, if anyone is familiar with Dave Smith, he has this other uh, program called Legion of Skanks, mm. and it's it's dubbed as the most offensive podcast in the universe. And we're basically just cloning that. I mean, we're just we're just talking shit. It's it's a bunch of guys that are that became good friends through the internet through group chats that just would say the most fucked up things to try and get each other to laugh and we found each other through that venue so when we when we got together and we did a show um we discovered hey our chemistry still works on this level where we're just constantly you know up and up in the next guy and trying to trying to make it even more insane and um the way we got our name was when people would uh particularly when like corporate news outlets or politicians would say something truly egregious and we wanted to say something in response but we knew we would get banned. Uh, so what we started to do was called towering. And and basically all it is is you reply one letter at a time. So you get to say whatever you want as long as it's one letter at a time and it spells out, uh, you know, fuck you or something. So <laughs> that, that's how that's how the tower gang came to be. Uh, it used to be like 50 people that were doing it. It's, you know, as with all dissident political factions, it's fallen apart. It's down to five or six of us. But we have a lot of fun with it. Hey, it's all it takes. 
Yeah, we got we got the uh, Burt Kreischer scheduled for this month, so that's nice. that's crazy. I don't know how that happened. <laughs> um, so obviously, I'm a very uh, this very cannabis themed program is kind of my whole you know gimmick, as you can see. Mm -hmm. um, tell me what you can about your life with cannabis, and you know if you partake, you know how you got started. There you go, um, all that stuff. Yeah, I actually I don't smoke. This is uh, nicotine, but I I um. I smoked when I was younger, you know, a handful of times, 20 times, something like that. Uh, and about 50% of the time I had an amazing experience where I was jovial and lighthearted and, and uh, everything, food tasted better and the conversations were great and deep and everything and it was, was beautiful. And the other half of the time I had a panic attack. So uh, apparently I'm just one of those people that doesn't have the best brain chemistry for it. Uh, or maybe I'm just too much of a pussy to handle it. I don't know. It, most stunners just think I'm a sissy and I can't handle the staring into the void of existence. Um, but I tried, you know, I really tried because I, I did enjoy uh, those good trips, but the bad ones were like horrific. So I, I, uh, but yeah, I'm obviously I'm totally pro cannabis. Like if you want to yeah. smoke, please feel free. <laughs> like, and, and certainly anybody that's been in prison for it, uh, as far as I'm concerned, deserves reparations if it weren't for the fact that I, I believe that the government and, taxes should be abolished so there'd be nothing to give you uh so yeah it's it's a it's a huge problem i mean it's it's one of the it's one of the best uh medicinal plants that we have and and it's devastating that so many people's lives have been ruined over it but i go much further than that i think that any any substance you want to put in your body literally any substance yeah. should be permitted and and if you are willing to imprison people for going against that you're you know, you're right up there with slaveholders, as far as I'm concerned. Like you are just pure evil. So, yeah. Before COVID hit, and uh, I lost a lot of my income from doing freelance writing and cannabis articles and stuff like that. Uh, I would get a lot of shit from people for pointing out that the the logic behind the legalization of cannabis works for every other substance. It does. A lot of people in the cannabis movement are not. You know, they stop at cannabis, and that's it. All other stuff's bad. Those are hard drugs. Those are bad people. But what we do is cool. And I just, I never got on board with that. And I would get a lot of shit for, well, among other things, but that particularly pointed out that, you know, it's, you know, if you're going to tell the government that they can't do this, you can't give them leeway in any other area because they'll just take all, you know, they'll take all the mile, the proverbial mile or whatever. Uh, yeah. And they have yeah. so, so much, so much of a mile that they're now telling you what you must put in your body. I, I don't understand how these people don't see it. Like if you're going to say, what, what is your argument there? Your argument has to be, I own myself, so therefore I get to put in my body what I want, and that includes cannabis. Why would that not apply to molly or crystal yeah. meth or whatever? I mean, the thing is, if you do these substances and then you become a criminal and you hurt others, you go to prison. I mean, everyone still agrees that like you can't hurt other people. But if you're just hurting yourself... I mean, I'm also pro-assisted suicide, like or voluntary, you know, suicide. If you want to, uh, it's you know, it's not even that. Like it, people always uh, try and put like frame it as if I'm saying that I support these things. Like I'm not, I don't support you doing heroin, but you absolutely have a right to, and I support that right fully. It's like I also don't support people yelling, you know, racial slurs at uh, in NAACP conventions. Like it's a really bad idea, <laughs> but. I support your right to do that because you have free speech. Uh, so that's that's kind of how I view the drug, the war on drugs. It's I mean, it's really egregious. And and if if people that are 
that have been jeopardized and threatened with imprisonment for their use of a plant for the past, um, I don't know, 100 years or however long they've been alive, I should say. Uh, I, I don't know how they don't see the logic as it extrapolates to the other substances. Yeah, it's a, they get bogged down a lot in the minutia of, well, cannabis is safer because of this, and you know it does this, and it has this kind of value. And once you start getting into those arguments, you're just playing their game. Exactly. And there's there's no winning in that. No, there's not, and and it it doesn't matter. I mean, that's the thing is like, yeah, you can talk about all the good things about it, and and you can use that as your justification for claiming it's a medicine and it should be legalized under a medicinal uh, property, but that's that's missing the mark. I mean, you should be arguing it on principle alone. You own yourself and you have the right. And it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what they think. It doesn't matter if they think it's immoral or unhealthy or anything else. We do a ton of shit that's unhealthy. I'm vaping. That's unhealthy. I drink sometimes. That's unhealthy. Uh, I eat a bunch of sugar and fat and all sorts of things. That's unhealthy. Doesn't matter. Government doesn't have the right. And, and that's why I don't try. I don't even get into the medicinal properties. I mean, I could make the same argument for MDMA, for uh, PTSD sufferers. It's tremendously beneficial. So who cares? Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, for, for productivity, crystal meth is pretty great. Yeah. <laughs> Again, who cares? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. With, with cannabis use, it's, like I said, there's, there's so much weirdness in the community and there's so many just opposing angles and viewpoints and things that don't make sense. And I think that's what's hampered the cannabis community for a lot of years. And even in the last 10 or so years of legalization and the things that we have been able to advance, it's been so half-assed and poorly done and compromised and watered down. And in a lot of ways, I've become disillusioned with that aspect of the community too, with just, because whatever you accept, whatever we get is going to be better than prohibition. We're all going to accept and say, Oh, that's cool. You know, right. now I can pay exorbitant taxes for a dispensary that's allowed to be open for three hours a day. Right. And, you know, yay me. But if we just would have stepped back for a minute and thought more, we should have it all and not just these piss poor compromises where we're counting on the government to legalize something that they deemed 80 years ago that they didn't like, and we're going right. to demonize. And now all of a sudden they're going to be in charge of, you know, here's your weed and we're going to do this, this great job. And I just, it's, I'm not seeing it. Yeah, no, it, it's, you gotta, you gotta argue based off of first principles. If, if you believe you own yourself, it's really like, that's what you have to stand on. And if you stand on that, you don't have to accept these compromises. I mean, it shouldn't be regulated. It should be a, I mean, we should, I, I'm an anarchist. So I believe that the, the government should be completely out of regulating business and taxing us and everything else. And we should just have private organizations that, that deem products safe or not and all that. Um, but if we're going to to go down this path, you're basically gonna you're gonna end up right back in this situation mm. because if you ever allow them to tell you what you can put in your body, well then eventually they're going to criminalize things that you like. It's gonna happen eventually, and this is what happened with a lot of cannabis users is like they realized, oh, I've been lied to. This isn't actually that dangerous. It's actually really beneficial, and and then it's too late. It's too yeah. late because you already allowed for prohibition to to take hold. Um, but you're, you're totally right too about, because, I mean, if you want to, if you want real hard evidence about who is corrupt in this country, if you want to talk about business versus the government, just look at what happened with the cannabis market post legalization prices have gone up in yeah. what other market do you have a black market item that when it becomes legalized, the price drops. I mean, that's, that's, or it goes up rather. 
yeah. it, it should have plummeted because you should have all of these people entering the field to compete with one another and it should and you should have immense amounts of supply and you do but because of the taxation they've actually made it so that it's in most states in my in my experience it's now more expensive to buy pot than it was uh you know when it was severely criminalized so absolutely uh, and the government <laughs> i will say this about cannabis use getting back to uh to the actual use is definitely not for everybody i've said that for as long as i've been doing shows like this which is now 16 years and even before that when i started smoking it's uh i've seen so many different reactions to it from different people and some people just they don't function well on it they don't like it it doesn't agree with them whatever it is and it gets back to just the simple freedom of choice which so many people just they don't believe in they piss away they you know they won't fight for whatever it is but it's such a simple concept that you choose what you do and don't do as long as you're not hurting anyone else and how so many people have lost it honestly i don't know how it's happened but obviously public education and yeah. things like that have, have eroded critical thinking skills or, or whatever it takes to get to just that simple concept and again that's why i would i love having people like you on the show and to especially to my audience who i feel like a lot of them are they they're they're they can see what happened with cannabis as i said so they're they're there if they can just shift that window to other things uh, a lot of them may be you know further down the road of uh of being awake i guess yeah i mean and and to those that are listening that are you know pro vaccine uh, just to clarify i'm not really against vaccination i am against forced vaccination if you want to do it go ahead same thing with all drugs if you want to do it go ahead but you can't mandate that i do it it'd be like mandating everyone smoke pot maybe the world would be a better place i don't know but i still i'm still not okay with you forcing me to do something against my will. I own myself. You can't do it. Fuck you. That's my response every time someone tries to do anything against my will. Um, and and especially when it comes to putting something in my body. I mean, that's rape. You are you are advocating for rape based off of your fear. That's crazy. That's a crazy thing to do. It's a crazy way to think, especially if you're the type of person who has been jeopardized and endangered by the state telling you what you can't put in your body. If you can't extrapolate from there, I don't know what you're looking at. Like, just yeah. take the logical leap. It's it's right there for you. Please, I'm begging you. Absolutely. So, uh, what do you got coming up, Clint? What kind of uh, guests you got coming up on the show? What's what's the future look like for Liberty Lockdown, and what you got going on? Uh, I've got Dave Smith coming back on uh, sometime in the next month. And other than that, I've been actually focusing more on solo shows lately. I did a deep dive called Fauci is Finished. Uh, last week, which is probably the most downloaded episode I've ever done, it's going viral in some communities. I I don't know, I don't know how that happens, you know. But uh, people seem to really love it. I I do this deep dive where I I put together you know ten or twelve articles and I kind of paint this picture as I kind of run down these articles and I, I extrapolate out and say like, you know, how likely is it that this guy is actually you know guilty of crimes mm -hmm. and by the end of it, it come, you come away pretty convinced that this he's not long for this earth, at least uh, in criminal terms. So, I don't know. I, I, it's it's a it's a crazy time, but though, that's what I'm that's what I'm doing more of lately is solo shows. People seem to really enjoy it because I talk a lot more on them. Um, but I still have a lot of a lot of great guests on all the time, and I I, I don't even know all the people that I have queued up. A um, bunch of you know 
YouTube personalities that most people probably haven't heard of, but are big in their own little niche market. So it's going to be fun. Cool. So uh, where can people find you online besides, you know, libertylockdownpodcast.com and of course on Twitter at Liberty Lock Pod, uh, where else can people find you? Yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. Uh, I mean, I have um, other social media handles over on mines and other stuff, but I, you know, I just get my stuff mirrored over there. I don't really use it too much. So as of now, I am still under the uh, the Leviathan. I'm still using Twitter. That's my primary outlet. I'm about to break 30,000 followers, so I'm going <laughs> to catch Stoner Jesus one of these days. Uh, so yeah, uh, They're dwindling mine away, so you probably will sooner or later. <laughs> I was at 30,000 at one point. And then there's You're like, at how much? 150,000. Wow. Yeah. And then there was like a purge that sent me to 142, and it's just been getting dwind- whittled away, and yep. the algorithm, the algorithm is just pounding brutal. Me. It's yeah, no, it's brutal. I, I've lost thousands of followers through those purges too, so I, don't, I, I know the pain. But uh, yeah, it's it's still, as far as I'm concerned, the best in terms of community, especially for libertarians. It's really it's really solid still. Uh, for conservatives, I think that m- most of them or many of them have migrated to Gab and other places. But yeah. um, for now, I'm hanging on. They'll nuke me eventually. Uh, but yeah, Liberty Lockdown. You can search me pretty much anywhere, and uh, I really appreciate you having me on. No problem, man. Well, thanks for having me on, and uh, you got more stuff to talk about, more stuff to promote, anything in the future. Let us know, man. We'll have you back on. I appreciate it. Yeah, if anyone wants to support my show, you can go to libertylockdown.locals.com, become a supporting member of the show. I am, you know, I'm retired, uh, so all of the funds actually just go towards uh, growing the show. I just don't want to come out of pocket to to yeah. try and market the the show because I'm not making any money from it for the most part. Um, so if anyone wants to support my messaging and and allow me to. Uh, create a bigger platform to reach more people. That's all I'm. That's all I'm working on. I'm. I'm trying to save the world here. As delusional as that sounds. Hey, same here. We're all doing our part. Exactly. All right. Thanks, Clint. Appreciate you, man. All right, man. Have a good night.